say it any other way. And I'm M. No, there's no there is no other way. <laughs> <laughs> you should keep that in. I think we will. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the third episode of the Worst Spinning Plates podcast. I'm Kira, And I'm Em. And today's episode is going to be all about the theme of dealing with failure and using that failure to become resilient. But before we jump into that topic, which I think is going to be quite a juicy one, let's just give a little rundown of what's been going on for the last week. So, Em, how's your week been? So, this week has been a run-up and a countdown to moving house tomorrow. We are recording this on a Friday afternoon and I move out tomorrow morning. I've had all week to pack up my flat. <laughs> all week. <laughs> it's 5pm wonder where Friday. this is going. I think I've done about one draw and I did that in a whole <laughs> half an hour before we started recording this podcast. I'm just the worst at packing. I feel like it's one of the most boring things in the world. So I'm not going to dwell because I'm sure it's even more boring to hear about via podcast. So that has been going on this week. Very excited to move tomorrow. And then it's also been a really good week of TV, I feel like. So we had the Bake Off final, obviously. Were you Woo-hoo! happy with the winner? Definitely. Shall we give a little pre-warning? Because I don't want to give any spoilers in case anyone hasn't seen it. But also, if you're a fan of the show and you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing with your life? Because the Bake Off final is like the TV highlight of the year. But I was very, <laughs> very happy to hear that or to see that Peter won. I love Peter. He was so cute. And I feel like just it's so nice to see someone who's so clearly like a fan of the show to win because it was just so yeah. sweet. Do you know what? I kind of wanted Dave to win. <laughs> <gasps> oh I my God. Not to, not to be rude to Dave, but he was the least like favorable one for me peter was definitely my favorite i did quite like laura dave just seemed a bit like i was like you're on telly dave smile once in a while please yeah but didn't the clip at the end with his baby melt your heart because if you weren't well, yeah, a dave fan before that then you would have been a dave fan after i just feel like he was the underdog do you know what i mean like he really like peter i never really mm-hmm. want the one that's the obvious winner to win i'd prefer someone that's like been an underdog no i do agree in most circumstances but peter was definitely like an outlier of that rule for me because i just felt like he was like i felt like he was me if i was a good baker because he like has been watching the show for years and he's like such a fangirl of the show and i just felt like it was so nice to see him win because it obviously meant a lot to him. So I that's feel quite... like if you pan your Zoom webcam down, I'm going to see an I Love Peter t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known such a Peter fan. But yeah, Bake we, Off happened. Yeah. That was the first piece of great TV. And then have you been watching The Undoing with Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman? No, but I am a big fan of Hugh Grant also, so I should definitely look okay, at that. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it because you need to watch it, but it's like a six-part thriller drama and the last one comes out next monday oh like the monday coming and oh my gosh it is such good tv i have uh, a friend and i watch it with them every single week and it's getting to the point now where we're just screaming at the tv (laughs) we're making predictions and they change every episode it is such a good tv show so i highly would recommend that and then also i feel like taylor swift heard us when we were talking about folklore last week we manifested it the folklore long pond sessions on disney plus uh, which is basically an acoustic kind of concert, but in between each song she talks about uh, why it was written and like what it means. And it's just been, oh, I just loved it. It was <laughs> such uh, like an ambient therapeutic watch. And I feel like it's always fun to know more about the songs that she writes because there's obviously such stories in there. Yeah. One of the songs that I definitely didn't know what it was about. Do you know the song Epiphany? 
I know the song, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first chorus is uh, basically about her granddad uh, in a war that he fought in. And so it's about him being like a hero in that sense. And then the second verse, uh, which I didn't realise when I listened to it, is actually about like modern day heroes in COVID, like the doctors and nurses. Oh. Isn't that, like, I, I totally didn't get that. That's why I loved listening and watching the folklore sessions, because just love knowing the stories behind songs so yeah i haven't really done anything other than watch things this week i'm not gonna lie <laughs> it's nice to have those weeks though i think and that's kind of similar to the week that i've had i'm kind of starting my week as of last sunday because i think you noticed last week when we were recording the podcast that i was absolutely exhausted and you kept asking <laughs> if i was okay <laughs> because I looked like I was about to drop dead with exhaustion. Um, so after teaching yoga classes on Sunday morning, I came home, made a hot water bottle, got in bed, and then spent the rest of the day watching a new show that I have become obsessed with. Literally obsessed. Anticipation. I'm so excited to you tell you tell about it. tell me what it, it is. <laughs> no, it's just like, I'm going to build it up a little bit more actually. So actually the reason that I'm watching this is because the fourth season just came out and that has gotten a lot, a lot of attention on TikTok. I've been spending all my time on TikTok and there's been a lot of TikToks related to this specific season and one character from within the show. And the show that I'm talking about is the crown the crown knew it <laughs> i literally i'm obsessed so obviously i've started from the beginning um and i'm now almost at the end of season two and i'm actually a little bit sad because the cast changes every two seasons so there's four seasons currently and they basically like update the cast to age them every two seasons and i am in love with the cast of the first season the queen is played by claire foy prince philip is played by matt smith um there is someone called Vanessa Kirby playing Princess Margaret, who I am in love with. She's amazing. Um, and it's just so good. I have found myself, though, like, putting on my best The Crown voice and being really posh. Oh <laughs> Please don't do that in this podcast. It's too late. I've done it. Seriously. Um, but honestly, it is so good. And I can't believe it's taken me this long to get around to watching it. But I'm kind of glad because that has meant that I've had basically a week where all I've done in any spare moment has been watching The Crown. And I love it so much. It's so good. And then, of course, the Bake Off final and work. But really, when I look at what I've been doing for the last week, it is mostly <laughs> around watching The Crown all day, every day. Oh, do you know, it's one of those programs that just doesn't, like, no offence, doesn't appeal to me. Well, no, me neither. It didn't appeal to me at all. Like, I would have never considered it because I'm not someone who's, like, really into the royals, generally speaking. But all the yeah. TikToks just got me really invested. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to put it on. And here I am, less than a week later, two seasons down, and I am loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like for someone that packs so much into their days, as you do... Like, that's a big achievement. I don't know. It's been such a long time since I've, like, binge-watched anything, and I am having an amazing time. So that's been my week, and I wouldn't a have it any other way. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a week full of TV. I literally have nothing else to report. I feel like the ideal procrastination for packing is just throwing on loads of stuff to watch on TV. And it is... Friday and you know what Friday means it's Gogglebox Friday I was like what does Friday mean because I am such an old lady that I never watch things when they actually come out when it's an evening show I always wait till like the next day so um looking forward to that maybe I'll stay up treat myself to a Gogglebox for context for anyone that doesn't know when Gogglebox is on it's on at 9pm <laughs> Kira 
is truly a grandma. <laughs> you just called me out in front of everyone listening. But yeah, I am a proper old lady. <laughs> so that's been our week, a week of TV and procrastination and getting obsessed with box sets, which in my opinion is the perfect way to spend the third week of lockdown is that what we're in now the third week yeah i think so yeah yeah I, i'm losing all track of time but <laughs> classic lockdown <laughs> yeah classic lockdown and i feel like that's the perfect way to spend it so that has been our week and we're going to move on to our second section now which is our weekly topic i'm so looking forward to this one and it's going to be a discussion of failure learning to deal with failure and resilience so let's move on to our weekly exploration So moving straight into our main topic of the episode, a really, really big one that I think could take us in a lot of different directions. So I'm quite intrigued to see where this conversation ends up going. But we're talking about the theme of failure, as well as just how to be resilient when things go wrong or things are out of your control. So quite a big topic. And I think something that will resonate with a lot of you, especially given the context of this year as a whole. 2020 has been a year that has taken us all on such a big roller coaster where nothing is really certain from one day to the next Um, and I think that has obviously resulted in a lot of failure in inverted brackets in the sense that people's jobs, their living situations, what you can and can't do from one week or month to the next is so out of your control that failure almost seems inevitable and has affected I'm pretty sure everyone in some way or another of course in varying severities but it's something that I think will resonate with a lot of people and we're really excited to talk about it 100% amen to that uncertain (laughs) time of life I feel like being in a pandemic and also being in your 20s anyway just mashes together two huge uncertainties and makes one (laughs) big uncertainty to put it lightly and to not use expletives I definitely have had uh, a roller coaster of a year myself and I think it's important to acknowledge that I think we talk a lot about the things in our lives on this podcast that we see as successful like this podcast like our other hobbies our creative projects but I think it's really important to also talk about the things in our life that are would be considered as you say inverted brackets failures because not everything Mm -hmm. goes to plan in life that has been such a I would say my biggest takeaway from 2020 I don't think yeah any aspect of my life from the beginning of the year is the same and so much has changed to give a little bit of context I lost my full-time job back in July after being on furlough and then I don't think I've ever said this on any of my platforms because it's still a really difficult thing for me to come to terms with but very shortly after that my had written my second manuscript for my publisher and due to covid and the uncertainty of covid and finances that book deal got terminated and so I am right back to the drawing board and not square one because it does feel like I have had experiences with the first book that will propel me forward but I did take a massive kind of pause and halt in my writing career and so that happened I experienced financial insecurity and not knowing where I was going to be living and I just feel like it has been a year of really learning to embrace the fact that sometimes things can be failures and yet they are not a reflection of the work that you put in or how much you want something or how hard you try. And I feel like that's a massive lesson that you have to come to terms with when you enter adulthood because you go from such an upbringing of being in school where 
most of the time, how hard you work directly correlates to the outcome of either the exam or the paper that you're writing or whatever it is. And same, the same really when you go to university, if you go to university. But then this year in particular, but also adulthood in general, so many things are exposed to external influences that are out of your control that can contribute to that failure. And it's, it's about learning that it's not a reflection of you because it's very easy to let that swallow you whole. I definitely experienced that this year with all of those things that felt like failures and learning to realise that they were not a reflection of who I was as a person or how hard I worked. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you've kind of raised an interesting point there by bringing up school because I think the way that you respond to failure when you move from the world of education into the world of work and into adulthood really has to change because immediately you go from this world where like you said generally speaking hard work equates to success and even in those circumstances where you don't succeed it's really spelled out for you if you fail an exam or don't do as well in an essay as you had expected you get feedback you get marks you understand exactly where you went wrong and so you can take that and apply it to whatever comes next whereas in the world of work or even before you get into the world of work, when you're applying for jobs. The market can be so competitive and failure, again, basically every time I say failure, it is in inverted commas, so just imagine that because you obviously can't see me, but this inverted commas feeling of failure where you don't get a job, don't get an interview, don't hear back from an application, is just such a sudden change in the way that you respond to failure that feels so open and uncertain because you go from understanding exactly where you went wrong to not even knowing why your application was rejected and I feel like that is just such a massive shift where suddenly you are kind of fending for yourself you're no longer within the safe confines of education and also suddenly like you're hand that's been held ever since you were like four and went to like reception and got to your first day of school it's just dropped and you're left on your own and not only are you like trying to figure things out but you also just don't have that clear understanding of what is success and what is failure which I think can be really difficult to come to terms with I think adulthood if I had to sum it up is that moment like constantly if you had that moment where you lose your mum in the supermarket that's what it's like (laughs) just constantly there are good moments but definitely in the context of today's episode it is about dealing with this intense uncertainty and it's about kind of learning to reframe that in your mind I definitely felt my failures or obviously I'm not going to say it again inverted commas I felt those failures (laughs) so intensely and I saw them as a reflection of myself and I thought well I'm working like I can't be working hard enough or I can't be trying hard enough. And it can really get you into a spiral. Uh, It took me over a hundred job applications before I got my job that I'm working in now. And I think I had maybe about 10 pieces of feedback. So it is a really draining and uncertain, like uncertain time 2020, but also I think adulthood in general is like that in a lot of ways. And so it is about learning to become resilient. That's definitely, I think, the thing I'm proudest of myself this year I think it's difficult to accept that you can put so much work into something and it still not work out the way that you wanted it to and for it still to be a sort of failure or rejection it's a really hard lesson to learn and it takes time
time. I definitely feel like you almost have to grieve those failures, if that makes sense. I feel like when I experienced the failures with my job and my writing career in the summer, it was a period of almost grieving those failures and then kind of sitting back up, reflecting on it and reframing it and thinking about how I could use that to propel me forward in any sort of positive way because it was really tough to not have the job and to not have the thing that I love most in the world, like that writing career almost be brought to a halt at the same time. Like it was a really tough lesson, but now that I feel like I'm on almost the other side of it, uh, I'm so grateful that it taught me to be resilient because I feel like failure is a really important lesson to learn. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Definitely. I feel like it is kind of just, it's so tricky because obviously it would be wonderful if everything that you ever set your mind to doing went well immediately like that would be the ideal situation but equally I think failure can often help you to kind of reframe your perception of everything and it can kind of help you to reconnect with what your purpose is and what your passions are so for example I actually didn't have any failure in terms of job loss this year but my very first graduate job was marketing for a company that sold radiators um which is just as exciting as it sounds trust me it was (laughs) really cool um but only four months after I got that job I was actually made redundant because the company didn't have enough money to fund such a big marketing department there was quite a few people in that department and I was kind of a case of first in uh, last in first out so I was the most recent employee so they got rid of me Um, and at first I was devastated it was the first time I'd ever lost a job and it isn't a nice thing to be told that you're like not needed but very quickly after losing that job I was like bloody hell what a saving grace because I'm no longer working for a company where I'm selling radiators which is really really dull the next job I had for anyone from the UK was um, a job marketing for Emmerdale studio experience so working with like the television industry and it was so much more exciting so much more fun and if I hadn't have lost that first job I would never have gotten this Emmerdale job because I I'm such a like baby who never wants to quit things even if they hate them because I hate (laughs) saying no to people so in that case what was initially perceived as failure and I was devastated in tears thought I was like such a failure and had lost a job and I couldn't believe I was gonna have to tell people I'd been made redundant and it was just like the worst thing ever so quickly turned into a positive because it allowed me to refocus and think actually did I even want to be in that job and realized that the answer was obviously no and it was a great opportunity to find something better that fit my passions a lot more clearly so obviously failure isn't great but it can be a great learning experience and an opportunity to try something new I think yeah I had the exact same experience I don't think if I had lost my job I would have so quickly started to look because I'd already considered looking for jobs in marketing I wasn't working in marketing prior to that I was actually a barista and it gave me the push losing that job gave me the push I needed to really commit to finding a job in marketing and so I think I probably found one quicker even though it felt like it took an era (laughs) it probably I found one (laughs) it really did like honestly anyone that's job hunting right now like I salute you it is hard but I don't think I would have pushed myself to put that many applications out there had I not lost that job and the same with writing even though I am not getting a manuscript published at the moment 
losing that deal and writing something new completely for myself has produced a project and a book that I am so, so proud of. And I can't help but feel like I never would have created that had the expected trajectory of my writing career gone as I'd hoped. So I do think there are a lot of positives and I do think often it gives you opportunities that you never would have even thought were possible. And I also think you said something there that's really interesting. You said that you're worried about what people would think yeah. when you have to tell them that you were made redundant. And I think that's such a huge thing. Honestly, that was almost the worst thing about losing my job. And I think it's because we live in a society where success is absolutely glorified over anything else. And I think that it's obviously success is nice. We want to be successful in life. But it almost feels like we have got to a point where to fail at something is a very negative thing is something that should be avoided at all costs when actually failure is very very natural by the law of probability everything you try is not going to succeed yeah it often produces unexpected but really positive results in the long run and i think it's really character building as well i feel like i have become a much more compassionate person i feel like i have become a much more resilient person in the way i respond to situations and the goals i set for myself and so Failure doesn't have to be this overwhelmingly avoid at all costs negative situation. In fact, I think it's very natural and I think that it can be actually a success maybe in the end. If it's something that you see as a failure at the time, with reflection, you might see as almost a success. 100%. Obviously not in every circumstance. There will be some things that you are really gutted about, jobs that you really wanted that you didn't yeah. get. Or, you know, of course, as people over this year have been made redundant from jobs that they absolutely love, which obviously is really sad. But there are always learnings to be and like teachings to be taken from every experience. But I think, yeah, it's reframing your view of failure and maybe thinking what your reaction would be if someone else told you that they'd experienced what you just experienced. Because, like I said, when I lost that job, I wasn't actually that worried financially. I don't have a mortgage to pay for currently. I don't have anyone who's depending on me financially. I had savings. So the thought of having to look for another job wasn't like a terrible thing in terms of I wasn't relying on that salary. Like, massively at that time um obviously it was great to have a lot of money coming in but like it wasn't like a dire circumstance my main sort of issue was like that I was gonna have to call my mum and dad and tell them and tell other people that knew me that I'd lost the job and it was that fear of like what will they think how does this reflect on me to them that made me really concerned and the most upsetting part of the experience. But actually, if any one of them or any of my friends said to me that they'd been made redundant from a job, my reaction wouldn't be, oh my God, they must be terrible. I can't believe that they even got a job in the first place. It would be like, oh no, that's so yeah. terrible. I hope you're okay. And that kind of thing. Like, And so I guess it's kind of like a cheesy thing to say, but like treat yourself like you treat your best friend or someone that you really cared about when you're going through a difficult time or you feel like you failed at something, just think about how you would respond if someone else came to you in the circumstance that you yourself are in. And I think that that will help you to reframe your perspective a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. It's always best to be kind and not only to other people, but also to yourself and really acknowledging sometimes that it is so out of your control and things happen that are not a reflection of you whatsoever. I know I keep saying that, but I think it's really important to remember that. And I think also when you go through a failure or a really low time because of failure, and then you look back six months later 
like I look back on July now and I wish I could tell July Emily that everything is going to be okay and I think it's important to reflect when you then emerge from the other side of a failure and start to feel more positively again to remember to think about that change of mindset and to think okay so next time I experience a failure like that I need to remember that it did get better last time and so there is a light at the end of the tunnel because I think that's what I mean by resilience this year I think now when I experience situations like that again I won't beat myself up as much because I definitely did and I think it was my first experience of this failure that was out of my control and so I think I will respond to it differently next time and I need to remember that feeling of looking back on the failure and realizing how far I've come so that if I ever encounter that again, I will know how to handle the situation better. Does that make 100%. any sense? No, it really does. I feel like it's that balance between allowing yourself to feel the emotions that you're feeling about the failure because they are valid. And if you have lost something or have failed at something that you were really passionate about or that you didn't want to fail at, obviously allow yourself to feel down about it. But don't allow yourself to wallow, to be hard on yourself, to put too much pressure on yourself to change something that's not changeable. If you've lost a job, likely it, it's likely that you can't do anything about that. And so you just have to kind of move on and know that you have gone through other difficult circumstances and come out of it stronger or use those experiences to aid you in future situations. And so it's that balance really between allowing yourself to feel emotion, but taking those emotions and using them to propel you forwards rather than wallowing in a negative circumstance. Yeah, definitely. Allow yourself to eat all the chocolate and eat all the pizza and definitely (laughs) let yourself, you know, mourn what you've lost. But remember whilst you're eating that chocolate that you are amazing what happened was out of your control 2020 is an absolute chaos of a year it's a hot mess of a year and it's not a reflection of you that's I feel like that's my main my main thought on failure but obviously sometimes failure does happen and there are definitely points in my life when I failed at something and I know that that's because I have not put in the work that I should have done but I think in the case of 2020 for most people in most circumstances and actually not only in jobs like in For example, if you were going to go on a year abroad at university and now you can't, that you may see that as a failure in terms of the goals you set for yourself and your life and the trajectory of your life. Or for example, if you lost a romantic relationship this year or a friendship this year due to the pandemic and the distance or, you know, conflict that arose from that, it can be very easy to see those things as a failure too. But I think they can all be, you know, they're all character building like we've been talking about and yeah I just I just feel very strongly about the fact that not everything that is viewed as a failure in this society is a failure definitely I feel like things are just natural it's just it sounds like such a negative word but actually I think from the discussion we've just had I think though failure can be difficult to deal with oftentimes it can lead to the opening of so many more positive doors and so though it can seem negative try not to be too hard on yourself and know that you can take that forward into an even better situation than the one that you came from or the one that you envisioned yourself going into and I think that concludes all of our thoughts on the big 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 topic of failure though I'm sure there's plenty (laughs) more to say yeah I think we turned on the camera the first time we started recording to record our failure section (laughs) and then we very quickly realized about six attempts into recording this that it's a big topic (laughs) 
it really so is i think <laughs> so many things to say and you could really be specific about various areas of failure but i think we've covered the thoughts on specifically the 2020 unique failure experience and i hope this has resonated with some of you Welcome to the final section of We're Spinning Plates. It is the Agony Ant section. And you know what? I was thinking on my morning walk this morning. I don't know why this occurred to me. Uh, I was having a lovely walk, very peaceful walk along the river. And I thought, how gruesome is the term Agony Ant? Like, (laughs) it's, it's talking about agony. It's really intense. It's like, these are the situations that cause you pain, that you don't know how to answer, that you're struggling with, and then that's just like your good old agony aunt helping you out. Yeah, with but the there's questions. a difference between pain and agony. Like, I hope no one that's I guess, asking like, us these questions are in agony. <laughs> I feel like, because you can talk about agonising over something where you spend a lot of time oh, thinking about something. So maybe it's that, like, when you like just can't figure out your answer to something you've been thinking about it for ages that's true but either way i love this segment so yeah. <laughs> what is the first agony ant question we have yeah we put out another call out this morning for some more agony ant questions and we got some really good ones so the first one that we had is tips for staying connected and feeling close to friends that you feel distant emotionally distanced from due to the physical distance of the pandemic so do you have any tips for long distance friendships because i know this is something that we are both going to relate to because we are having it between ourselves i miss you yeah i miss you too it's been so long since i mean i'm glad we did manage to get in like one last coffee date before this second lockdown was announced because it was looking imminent and we did get a lovely (laughs) day out in york but um it's been a while and obviously it's just like I think the stress is that everything has to be so much more planned. There's no more spontaneity where you're just like, oh, do you fancy going out for coffee next weekend? Because who knows what happens next weekend? Like anything could happen. Um, So it is stressful. And I would say actually a lot of my friends are people who I've met through YouTube and things like that. So actually long distance friendships aren't something that I am like unfamiliar with, except for with M, who I obviously see a lot in person usually but um I definitely have noticed this with family which is I guess very very similar so I'm kind of going to talk about those experiences but I think the first thing is obviously just like trying to make time for people in the same way that you would in person obviously like scheduling regular calls whether that's just phone calls or zoom catch-ups trying to do things together even though you might be apart like maybe catching up on a show that you both like at the same time and like talking about it with each other live or having coffee and cake even though it might be socially distanced all those types of things are obviously really helpful and of course as we move towards the lifting of the second lockdown depending on what tier you might be in it could be easier as well to do some social distanced like in-person meetups and things but I think the main tip I have and what has been helpful to me in keeping in touch with all of my family has just been those like regular catch-ups even if they're just short because I think it can be exhausting to catch up so many times with so many different people via zoom it does get a little bit repetitive but even if you just sort of catch up for a five minute chat it just helps you to feel that sense of connection i think yeah i've taken to just recording the longest rambling voice messages and then sending them to my friends and then they can you know listen to my 
well, the agony ants that I'm asking them, they can <laughs> listen to my life <laughs> updates at their own leisure and send one back. I really like doing that. It helps me to feel connected. But I feel like from the way that this question was phrased, the person that asked this might be worried about what life looks like on the other side of the pandemic. And it's been very easy to feel distant from friends whilst the pandemic has been taking place or is still taking place but when life goes hopefully back to normal there is that worry of what will life look like and will people have learned that they're better off without me because they didn't have me in lockdown but what I will Mm. say is that although I have very much retreated into a lower communication shell if that makes any sense like I haven't communicated with my friends as much as I usually would that doesn't mean I value them any less in fact it means I am even more excited to go and pester them in person when (laughs) lockdown is over like I am still so so connected to that friendship and so invested in that friendship even if we I haven't spoken to them so from the point of view of someone that is a friend I definitely am just as invested if not more for post-pandemic so I definitely don't think there's needs to be a worry there and anyone that does fade into the background like were they really you know a strong friend in your circle anyway I think definitely even though it has been kind of a year where friendship has had to take a bit of a backseat as as have a lot of relationships yeah um, at least in the traditional sense <laughs> definitely uh, everyone has had to sort of focus on themselves like they've had to because we've you know been with ourselves a lot it doesn't necessarily mean that those relationships are any less valued but in terms of actually mm. like tips concrete tips for staying connected obviously I really like a rambly voice message and I also think that a little token to show how much you value someone goes a long way I have taken Mm. to sending out like little gifts or little care packages there are a lot of websites that do that where you just pick the things that go in the care package and then they send it out and I think that those kind of things or a postcard or you know anything that a little token to show how much you value someone is a really nice way of showing that you still feel and value a friendship very strongly. I love that way of communicating friendship. Yeah, that is really nice. Um, You've kind of just jogged my memory or like brought up a thought, which is like that people can be concerned that their friends don't value them, but equally a lot of people, as you mentioned, have kind of retreated back into themselves. And so you might be at a bit of a weird stalemate where you might have a particular friend who you don't want to reach out to because you're worried that you might be bothering them or that they don't care about you and they might equally be having those exact same thoughts that are stopping them from reaching out to you because suddenly what was a really natural and just like a happy relationship can feel more forced and just a little bit stranger in the context of social distancing so I would say to maybe just like bite the bullet and reach out to someone if you're worried about their friendship kind of fading into the background because chances are if you're having those feelings and are worried about reaching out and annoying someone they might be having the exact same emotions and it might just be a case of one of you has to reach out to realize that actually you both still really care about the friendship but just don't really know how to go about having a friendship in these weird 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 times yeah wear your heart on your sleeve tell someone how much you appreciate them and the likelihood is they will be feeling the exact same way and want to communicate that too. And I think, yeah, I think friendships are going to come out stronger actually after this pandemic. I can't wait, like actually cannot wait to bear hug all of my friends and spend time with them in person. Like (laughs) the look of fear in your face then at the thought of a bear hug. (laughs) Don't touch me. (laughs) 
I'm right, joking. Okay. I've retracted the offer. I'm sorry. You're no, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A cool been, pat. It's also been really nice to. Uh, oh God. <laughs> I just processed what you said. Um, to share a creative project. I think if you're a creative person, uh, yeah. a nice way to have something, because I feel like often when you catch up with friends, there's nothing to talk about because nothing's happened, is to focus on doing something creative together. Like for us, it has been this podcast and it has you know, been a great way to still keep in touch and to feel like we're being creative together. But if you're mm-hmm. like painting, paint with them over Zoom. Do like, a, um, you could do a painting with Bob Ross together. Like, because, you know, I, I really want to do that. That's why I got so excited about that idea. But, like, you both watch the same Bob Ross video and paint together. That would be so cute. Yeah, or write a short story together or, I don't know. Cook a meal together. Cook a meal together, anything. Like, yeah, I think friendships in, on the whole are going to come out stronger. But there are definitely ways that we can communicate to others. It's just a year where communication has been really important, but also simultaneously mm-hmm. a year when communication has been really difficult. And so it does pose, really, really difficult. pose a difficult situation, but we will get there. And I'm sure your friends can't wait to spend time with you again. So that is our first agony aunt question. And do you have our second one? I do indeed. <laughs> Pause while she gets it. <laughs> this is what you call a lack of preparation. <laughs> My, it's on my phone but the screen was locked so the second agony aunt question is how to cope with uncertainty and the person who asked this question was specifically talking about uncertainty in their job because the projects that they're working on keep getting changed all the time and I saw this question and knew this was one that I definitely wanted to talk about because it's something that I relate to so specifically in terms of the context that this person gave because this year I changed jobs in February Um, basically just before lockdown started so I had a couple of weeks in a new job now it was a little bit strange because it was a different offset of a company that I was already working for so it wasn't an entirely new job but I was in a new role there were lots of projects that I was set to be working on and then very quickly we went into furlough so I wasn't at work between March and July really so quite a few months of the year were spent not working and then in August I went back to work and the job that I had started in March and the job that I ended up doing in August were really really different not in terms of the title it was technically the same role but because of the industry that I was working in and the way that that industry tourism has been affected by the pandemic the context of the way that the company was structured had changed and therefore my responsibilities changed and continued to change and evolve based on the ever-changing needs of the business and it was a little bit unsettling just because you go into work and you kind of want some kind of structure you want to know like what's going on what your role is what your function is in the business and when a circumstance like this occurs and everything is so uncertain it's really tricky and I think it kind of brings up those impending feelings of failure where you just don't know if your job is going to be safe if it's constantly changing um and so I guess the way that I would kind of break it down if you're feeling stressed about uncertainty is just to take things literally like day by day or week by week, whatever makes most sense to you. But just like look at what you can immediately control and get involved in and just focus your attention on that. There's no point in me thinking about what projects I'm going to be working on at work in 
January, February or March, even though at this time of year normally we would be planning for that quarter one of the next year, there's no point doing that because we just have no idea what that's going to be. So instead, I can just focus my attention on what is literally happening this week and next week. And that just gives you a little bit more of a focus and a sense of stability. Obviously, it doesn't completely get rid of that feeling of uncertainty because I think that's just something that a lot of people are dealing with. It's a reality of these current circumstances and there's nothing, I think, that can completely eradicate that. But I think you can give yourself that sense of structure and stability by just narrowing your focus and looking at what is in the immediate circumstance rather than what may or may not happen several weeks or months into the future. That's really, really good advice. I don't have anything as eloquent as that to say, uh, but I feel like I have dealt with an, a lot of uncertainty this year, as I've said, and focusing on the things that I can control and the things that are in my control and that are going to be a constant with me, no more, no matter, no matter, no matter what happens, <laughs> are like have been a really kind of effective method of alleviating the concerns that I have so I know that no matter what happens I will still want to write stories and I will still feel like that is just magic and I will still love books and I will still have my friends and I will still have my family and I will still have all of those things that I think are at the core of what I value and even if the rest of my life or a job or the actual writing career feels uncertain those things are going to be a constant and although obviously they don't eradicate that uncertainty they do make me feel more confident in the things that I can be certain about and that really helps to ground me and to remember like I said before just reflecting back on past times when things have been uncertain and how everything has worked out all right in the end in that sense helps to ground me when I feel uncertain now so short but sweet advice that's my advice for that one focus on the things that are certain in your life yeah because I mean really so much of life in general is uncertain but what is like sort of core to you your personality your passions all those kinds of things you can kind of hold on to that and know that like whilst everything might be changing around you you can kind of provide yourself some stability which I think is always really nice yeah like no matter what happens externally to you you are always going to be you and like the things that you value and the way that you interact with the world doesn't have to change even if the way the world interacts with you changes yes 100 percent. that great advice that felt more profound than it did in my head i'm proud of that one we should write that down (laughs) it's always nice then it's better than the other way around when you think (laughs) you're about to say something really profound and then it comes out and you're like what was that that's like 99 percent of me talking (laughs) that's me with that whole main section i just came out of recording that and i was like no idea what i just said (laughs) we tried that's the main thing (laughs) that's the main that's the main message to take from this you tried (laughs) gold star you try your best but you don't succeed (laughs) I was gonna try and like input there but I knew that listening to this podcast back I would cringe so I just let you well, write yeah. that one out on your own <laughs> thank you it's always nice to have the support of friends when you put yeah. yourself out there <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so timely considering the friendship question <laughs> yes exactly and also the failure question and uh, theme of this entire topic because I'm pretty sure I failed at that no, Coldplay thought, like, rendition I actually but... closed my eyes that felt like I was listening to Coldplay Wow, I didn't know I was that good at being a Chris Martin impersonator, but you learn something new about yourself every day. Boost your friends up in 2020, guys. Hype them on. Thanks, Em. Thanks.
<laughs> so that wraps up our agony ant section. As always, if you do have any agony ant questions of about anything, really, we will literally answer anything. Uh, then please let us know. Mm-hmm. The best place to find us is on Instagram, but we might as well take this opportunity to say where in general you can find us. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at a little writer M. I have the same handle. And Kira, you can find her at Kira's Corner underscore on Instagram, and also at Kira Foster on YouTube. So, I am on Twitter too, but I don't really use it. So. <laughs> yeah, never ever tag her in a tweet because she will air you and it will just be a humiliating tweet. I've learnt that the hard way. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that is where you can find us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's been quite a rambly one, but sometimes rambling is good. I think so. I feel like sometimes you just need to get your teeth into the topic and see where it takes you. And I feel like we ended up with something quite interesting. Fingers crossed you thought that while you were listening. But yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving your agony and questions to anyone that is leaving them because we really do appreciate it. And we will catch you next week in another episode. Catch you next week. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs>